This is a production of NTEU Chapter 49, representing most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer and a retiree for Chapter 49, and we welcome you once again to our weekly podcast. And once again, I'd like to welcome uh, Duncan Giles. Duncan, always good to talk to you, my friend. Good to be here, sir. And uh, we have, we're going to bring a guest in here in a moment. I'd like you to introduce her for us. Yep, we do have a special guest. It is the Chapter 49 Vice President, uh, a very, very sharp lady, Revenue Officer Kathy Corbin out of the South Bend Post of Duty. Hi, Duncan. Hi, Larry. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, great to have you here as well. So we'll be talking to you in just a few moments, so hang in there. But, Duncan, uh, it's another eventful week. Uh, June 29th is still the date for Indiana to report. Of course, reporting means a lot of different things. And you've also, I know, have had some information come in today. Uh, just actually one item that came in uh, just before we started recording this, and that has to do with the setter system. Would you like to start with that? Sure. That was uh, that was some fun. Right after a, uh, a conference call with the IRS chapter presidents today, I get an email from the uh, national negotiating head, Ken Moffitt, saying, what do I know about uh, the setter replacement? And he sent me the information the IRS sent him. So, so of course, I told him. So, absolutely freaking <laughs> yeah. nothing. So, setter, the system that uh, IRS employees have used even as far back as when I worked there, and I've been retired for a few years, is going to be replaced by some sort of new system. And I understand the... The uh, National Union has asked for a briefing. You know, anytime management does something like this, they always claim it's uh, de minimis, which is an old uh, legal Latin term meaning so small you cannot measure it. I'm sure IRS is going to make that case, and I'm sure NTEU will want a briefing to see if that's really the case. Yes, uh, according to what the uh, IRS gave National NTEU, it's going to be seamless. Um, (laughs) Which I'm sorry. Know, <laughs> which, as we all know, is IRS code for "Oh my God, it's going to be horrible." Well, I, uh, I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist that. That was too funny. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way, I know you were you had a chapter president's conference call with the national president. Just uh, take a few minutes and just get us up to date on what's been happening the last week or so. Um, we discussed on this call uh, a lot of different things. Got some good information that we'd be putting out. Um, Among the other things that we learned today, um, they are still planning on bringing everybody back the way that they've got the schedule rolled out. So that does mean Indiana is scheduled for the 29th. NTU has asked IRS, do they plan to make any changes based on some of these states where they're spiking back up in COVID-19 cases due to, you know, the general reopening. Uh, the word that we got from the IRS is apparently we're rolling forward. We haven't had any um, anything to the contrary, any instructions to the contrary. So they're rolling forward, which, you know, gives us a great deal of trepidation. And I can tell you that National NTU is very much in the forefront of trying to beat IRS and every other federal agency we represent to make sure that you know, there's necessary cleaning is done. PPE, um, personal protective equipment is being issued. That there are, you know, sanitation, uh, sanitized wipes. That there is, you know, 
making sure that you can get your hands clean at all times. So NTU is really pushing for that. How this is going to work as more and more states reopen, we just don't know yet. Well, the one um, thing the one thing I would like to you to comment on, if you would, um, when the Kansas City Service Center early in this whole process had a COVID-19 positive test, they closed the whole place down and cleaned it. Now, there's been a recent positive test by a contractor in a building at the Ogden Service Center, yet looks like the procedures are different. Talk about uh, where the IRS says they're going to go from now on when they find a positive test in a building where IRS is housed. Yeah, that was a particular question I actually asked today uh, based on Ogden saying, okay, what are they going to do on the procedures? Are they going to be the same as they were pre-shutdown? And apparently... The uh, Center for Disease Control, CDC, came out with some new guidance in the last month that basically said you need to treat the area where a person has been. So it's going to depend on a case-by-case basis, depending upon where exactly that employee or contractor or cleaning person, whoever it is, has been that has been diagnosed with COVID. If they've only been in one particular area, they're going to shut that particular area down, clean it up, per the guidelines, and go on. They would not shut down the entire building. If it's, you know, the person's been roaming around one floor, they would shut down a floor of some of our larger posts of duties across the country. Um, I, From what I was gathering, to shut down a building now, you'd have to be going around touching darn near everything um, or just walking around breathing and um, everything. So walking around breathing. We, you know, that's that's something that the IRS does frown on with a lot of our employees, <sighs> but we, we can't help it. We do have to breathe. I was trying to think how long have I been retired? Eight, nine years, and it's amazing how almost nothing has changed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, can't, uh, so it's yeah. it's going to be on a case by case basis, and we're going to be monitoring this very closely nationally as well as locally. We want to make sure we stay on top of it. Well, I'm, we'll uh, give you a shot at uh, making a few other comments toward the end. But, Kathy, I'd like to bring you in if I can. Uh, first thing I'd like to ask you, again, people don't always get a chance to know people in different parts of the state that work for IRS within the state of Indiana. Just just talk about your IRS career up to now. Sure. I um, joined the IRS 10 years ago. It's just been 10 years ago in February. Um, and I've been a revenue officer since I started with the IRS. I'm in the South Bend Post of Duty, so I'm all the way up on the north end of the state. And like you said, I don't get an opportunity to see and meet all the members or the other uh, employees in the state that often. So when you uh, you talk to your, your colleagues in the collection area, revenue officers, talk about how the whole COVID-19 issue has impacted your work as a revenue officer and your colleagues as, as best you can uh, assess that. Yeah, I'll tell you, our job has changed significantly. And I think it uh, we speculate that it's going to uh, for quite some time now going forward. Um, there's been, um, uh, for lack of a better term, a moratorium brought up on uh, enforcement actions. There's different things that um, that we can't can and can't do now because of COVID. And we're all working full-time at home, as far as I know, revenue officers are, and uh, we can't work in the field. We're, our contact with taxpayers is limited. 
Um, so our casework has slowed down and um, almost come to a stall in some situations. So we're, we're being assigned other, um, other duties right now. There's a lot of training going on while we're waiting for this, this time to pass. And uh, we're really anxious to see what the future is going to hold for our, our position description and if that might even change. So how is working at home working out for you? Uh, it's it's stressful, I think, for a lot of us. Um, I Prior to COVID-19, I worked at home two to three days a week. I worked in the field a day or two a week. So I was fairly uh, familiar with it, with the environment and, and how I, I worked through my days. But being forced to be here every day for, you know, what we're working on three months now, uh, it feels like at least, if not, it's it's stressful. It's, you know, when you know you have to... Um, be accountable for your time and for a full day's worth of work and still juggle what's going on around us in our homes with families and, and other pressures. It's, uh, I found it, and I think a lot of the revenue officers are finding it's quite stressful. Well, that's, uh, yeah, and I can't even imagine what it would be like working out of the home and dealing with your family. Do you have school-aged children also? I do. I have two teenagers uh-huh. who are, are fairly self-sufficient, but when it when we were in school up until just a couple of weeks ago, you know, it was still, diff- it's difficult even with teenagers, or maybe I should say especially with teenagers, <laughs> to, uh, to enforce, you know, what, what the daily routine needs to be, you know, but, and they still need that daily routine. And um, so it's difficult when you're working and uh, you're responsible for getting, you know, a, like I said, a day's worth of work done. Um, and juggle that at the same time. So, are were they on e-learning? Your uh, your uh, children? They were. Yes, okay, they so were they so they were on their. Con- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but it's because uh, there's a slight delay on this thing. Uh, I assume that they were on their computers. You were on yours. There was never any bandwidth problem. You were, everybody was able to connect. Okay. Oh, well, I wouldn't say all the time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. Um, luckily, I, I I like to get up. I try to get up early and get as much work and, and bandwidth <laughs> as I can in the morning before the teenagers get up and start taking over and start streaming video. And uh, so I we try to stagger our efforts. But there's definitely times where I have to say everybody off the Internet because mom needs needs a, a conference call or something so it's it's a juggling act yeah so that's uh, so there's both good and bad in this is what i'm hearing you like it in some ways other ways it's stressful and i are you hearing that from your colleagues as well i think so yes everyone has their challenges it's different for everyone um and there weren't that i'm aware of that many revenue officers in the state that were um working telework full-time so everyone has their has their different um things that come up that they have to deal with but i think now it's the not knowing what's what's going to happen next and what the dates are going to be when we can get back to normal work that is that's causing more of our uh, more of a stress on us now you know i uh, served as chapter vice president in the 90s for about a little more than three years if i remember correctly in the mid 90s uh, you decided to become active with the chapter you decided to run for vice president You've been elected vice president uh, talk about why you decided to become active with with NTEU. Sure. Uh, I want, I think it was, Duncan, correct me if I'm wrong, five or six years ago, I think it was in 2014, 2015, the, the chapter steward that was in the South Bend office at that time uh, was retiring. And um, we knew that for quite a while. And uh, I saw the need there and that we needed someone in Northern Indiana. There, um, 
I don't remember. I don't think at the time that there was a steward in the Merrillville office. I know there was in, in Fort Wayne, but I saw the need there that employees needed representation. And, you know, I had, I was a fairly new employee, uh, especially at that point. Um, and I, I knew that, like I said, the employees needed representation. And I had seen a couple things that, you know, how things tend to work and how things operate and that, um, the need was going to be there and help was going to be needed. In the South Bend office, you've already talked about your colleagues in collection. And I know you maybe haven't seen much of them in person, but I suspect you probably uh, connect in other ways while you're apart physically. Uh, talk about uh, the issues of most importance to your, your people working with you in the, the, the various business uh, areas in the, the office in South Bend. Right now, I think, the biggest concern is uh, due to because of COVID, if if we're going to be able and when we're going to be able to come back to the office into a safe environment, and how that's going to play out. Um, I was just actually just talking today to an employee about uh, a settlement officer about um, you know the possibility of if there's if we're going to have staggered schedules or uh, if we'll have to sign up to come in for certain hours in the office. So I think that's the biggest concern right now. Uh, is how that's going to be handled and how we're going to move forward with coming back to the office. Next to that, I would say retirement. Um, (laughs) Are you you planning on that already, Kathy? Well, hey, I'll say I've ran my calculation, but but no, I have a while to go. (laughs) Longer than I thought, I will say. Yeah, sadly, you, yeah, you get to yeah, a certain issue. you get to a certain point, and and that's like okay, let's run the numbers. And I, if you're doing it now, that's the right time to do it. You need to start planning at the stage that you, that you are at right, right. now. Uh, Duncan, I know you and and Kathy are working on a project for the chapter. Maybe you two would like to talk about that. Yeah, I will. I do. I do want to uh, comment on a couple things that Kathy said. One of the other issues that is of a great concern locally and nationally is interaction with taxpayers in relation to COVID. You know, when they start that, what do we do if the taxpayer, you know, if you're supposed to meet and you're supposed to both be wearing masks, what do you do if the taxpayer is not wearing a mask? What do you do if, God forbid, a taxpayer does something like cough or spit on you because that's what some taxpayers will do, especially if they are uh, in collection? You know, those, those are the types of issues that we're concerned about um, as well as the social distancing for when people come back to the office. The other thing on retirements, we were talking about this at the uh, chapter president's uh, phone call today, and it's still the fact that those folks, the best folks, the specialists who deal with the retirement, still do not have access to the paper packages. So they cannot process somebody's retirement papers until they have that information. It's not electronic, unfortunately. So that's just going to delay things, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. So people may put in for retirement and may actually leave, but it could be quite a while before they'd start to see any annuity checks just because of the fact that it's going to take a while to process. So even you're talking about those uh, uh, tentative ones you get before the final uh, calculations are made, you see some people may get actually no payments for several months? Because it's not being processed right now. That is correct. Wow. That Mm. is correct until they can get their hands on the actual paper files. That's something. Um, Yes. So it's a concern. Well, I'll let you and Kathy talk about the project. 
Yeah. Um, this is something that we've been trying to figure out for quite a while, something to do for the members. And um, the idea came from us for um, Seldon doing something for some PPE because everybody's going to be needing masks. So we went out and uh, looked at a couple of vendors because we wanted to get something that was made in the United States and was also done by union members. So, um, yeah, we made a contact with the company, got some bids with a couple of different companies, settled on one, and then um, because I've been buried with stuff, Kathy was gracious enough to uh, jump in and take over and can probably give us the best update as to where we are now. Yeah, we actually talked about, I, t I talked to the representative today on that, and we've got masks coming, um, and hopefully within the next two weeks, we'll have those in hand and have those ready to, to send out to members. So it's very important for members to make sure that on the ntu.org website, they have the correct email address and their correct mailing address, because we need both of those. If you don't know how to do it or have a question about it, feel free to contact myself, but... Um, these hopefully will be very, that's going to have the uh, chapter 49 logo on the mask. So we're hoping that it'll look, look stylish and uh, give people the protection they're going to be needing in the office and outside and uh, in groups, because we're going to be needing to have masks for quite a while, I believe. Uh, for either one of you that wants to answer this, uh, how do you plan to distribute those throughout the state? We're working on um, with one of our other board members and, and Stuart Zoe uh, out of Merrillville. We're going to get them to get everything together and probably mail to individuals that haven't been called back to their post of duty yet. And uh, those that have, we will likely mail to this, uh, the call site or to their post of duty. Okay, so um, we're talking about two to three weeks for actual receipt of that. Is that what I'm hearing? I think it's going to be about three weeks. Yeah, we're hoping to get them in in two weeks and get uh, within about a week's turnaround. We should have them out to everybody. And these will be the cloth type masks that you can wa wash and use again, correct? That's right. They're washable masks. Okay. So, and each member will get two. Is that what I understand? That's right. Okay. Each member is going to get two, and it looks like we're going to have some extras available uh, for if, if someone needs one or so, um, we might have uh, at least a few extra available for sale as, or, as well. Or for anybody who we're, wants... We're not, we're not adverse to managers wearing them, executives. That's, that's <laughs> not a problem. Uh, they have the NTU 49 uh, logo. That's why he's saying that, everyone, just that's, so you know. That's right. Now, Duncan, you did offer it to the, uh, to the uh, security staff. They said no, uh, I believe. Yeah, we had a call uh, earlier this week where we were talking about um, with facilities and talking about uh, the guards, the Mitten Capehart Federal Building in Indianapolis. And it's the Federal Protective Service said they're not going to be paying for masks, but they will, if the board of federal agencies at the Mitten Capehart says, okay, you need to wear them, if they'll provide them, they'll make the guards wear them. So on the call, they were talking about, yeah, we're going to get them some disposable masks and maybe some cloth mask and a second level manager. I said to him, I said, well, you know, we're getting ready to order some masks for the chapter. Happy to, uh, happy to give the guards at the federal building some masks if they need it. And for some reason he said, would these masks have the chapter 49 logo on them? And I said, sure will. 
and then for some reason they they did not want to give the uh, guards those masks. Well, you know, you offered right. It was uh, it was your patriotic duty, and they turned it down. Exactly. Uh, now I do want to just uh, to be sure about that everybody understands this because it's it's the dues of the members, of course, that 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 pay for uh, everything in the chapter. The chapter has decided to do this. We assume that there's enough money in the treasury to take care of this. That's not an issue. Yeah, we're we're in good shape financially. We're um, the board that I've had over the years, and especially the board that we have now with uh, with Kathy as vice president, Zoe Olgi up in Merrillville as the uh, treasurer, and uh, Percy Groves at the call site as the chapter secretary. We're very mindful of spending members' money, and uh, as a former treasurer, I like to say, um, Brian Costick. You know, we, we throw nickels around like manhole covers. So, so we're very, very careful about how we spend uh, members' dues money. Boy, I haven't thought about Brian for a long time. That that's some Brian. That sums up Brian's treasure philosophy in uh, pretty succinctly. He's a great guy. I, I found that's pretty much all my treasurer's uh, thought process. But which uh, is no, a good thing. and Brian did a lot of good work for the union, and he's been retired for some time. I haven't talked to him for a while, but I hope he's doing well. So, have you had any feedback, Kathy, from anyone you've talked to about the plan to uh, provide these masks? Um. From the supplier, do you so mean, just or tr- members? Yeah, members or people that you know, or have you had a chance to really talk to your Actually, uh, we colleagues? Yeah, we hadn't really had a chance to spread the word yet. We were just finalizing the order today with the, the manufacturer, and uh, we're, this is actually our pretty much our first announcement on it. Okay, you heard it here first, right? Uh, here <laughs> on the right. Uh, on the NTU Chapter Forty Nine podcast. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Kathy? I tried to ask you. Maybe let me ask it this way: Have we all? go into public service for different reasons. And we all have a lot of, how should I put it? We have, we have a lot of opportunities in our lives to pursue different types of, of, of careers. What brought you to IRS? Actually, I, um, it's a, it was a funny story. I finished my, my bachelor's degree late in life, and um, I happened to be um, recruited by the CI division, out of the South Bend office. They came to uh, Indiana University and did a recruiting trip and were trying to get agents, special agents to come in and uh, actually recruited a couple of my classmates that still work out of uh, the area. And uh, I decided to take a different path with the IRS, but I was uh, at the time working at, in corporate corporate America as an accountant and finishing my degree. And uh, when I saw the opportunity come up, I, I really felt like I was a good fit for the IRS. It was, it seemed like certainly a noble opportunity for me. And, um, and I've, I've loved it, believe it or not, loved it ever since. I'm glad to hear you say that because the one thing I found out in my many years at IRS and working uh, as a, an elected chapter official for several years, is that that collection job uh, is for certain people, but it's not for everyone. So it's good to hear that you you and that job seem perfect for each other because that does not always happen. Certainly, it it it, it didn't take long for me to realize that it was a really good fit for me. That uh, I was I had a knack uh, for talking to people and helping. The, the taxpayers that I was able to work with. And um, so it's been, it's been a great fit and I'm very fortunate. 
So from a representational point of view, what do you think are going to be your biggest challenges as uh, your colleagues begin to slowly but surely move back to the office? I would say um, with in our part of the in our part of the state again it will probably be logistics because I don't see us coming back um, into the office for some time I, I know at least the whisper has been if you can telework you're going to uh, so I think it's going to be who can come in to get mail and get supplies and how that scheduling is going to work out because I know there are people that are concerned about social distancing. We have a large office and not too many people in the office. So it's easy enough for us to social distance while we're there. Um, but the the logistics of in and out and cleaning and again being a safe environment, I think will be the biggest, the biggest worry that that I that I'm gonna see in, in my part of the state at least. So before all this happened, how much time did you spend in the field with the the taxpayers? Uh, I was in the field at well at least 20% of the time. So a day, sometimes two days a week, uh, depending on, you know, on our, on our workload and our caseload. And um, it, that's been the biggest adjustment is, is not having that field time when you're used to being on the road and having the face-to-face contact with taxpayers. Um, It's, it's a different beast that we work with, but when we're used to that, that's quite a change for us. Uh, so that's what I look forward to that, but that was, you know, a good portion of my time. So do you have for any collection for any collection managers that are listening, Kathy was in the field 99.9% of the time. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Some, again, some things have never changed. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, we uh, try to make sure we're out a day a week. So, one one serious question for you, Kathy. I mean, do you have the yeah. same concerns that that Duncan just mentioned uh, in terms of going out in the field and dealing with people in this environment? I I guess I do, I I do have the same concerns. I um, just in my personal, you know, in our personal lives as a family, we're trying to uh, reintegrate. I, I say reintegrate into society because that's what we feel. I feel like we're really doing. And we're taking that slow. And I feel like I feel safe in the measures that we take, that I take at home, which I know the IRS is already providing for that and providing masks and hand sanitizers for us to go out. And, and uh, whether we're working in the office or with the public, um, I, I do feel confident that it that it'll be a safe environment. Um, but just like every other case, whether it's COVID or yeah, it, it doesn't matter what's out there. We have to be careful and we have to be our, our own advocate and protect ourselves and know what situation, try to know what situation we're going into and walking into. Um, so that we're used to that as revenue officers. Uh, so I, I, I do have some concern in that, uh, but I think it, it, by the time we get back to the field, that will have resolved itself some more. Okay, thank you for that. And uh, Duncan, any last comments? We have a couple of minutes left. Anything you want to jump on here before we go? Uh, just want to make sure that everybody stays safe, um, continues to do that. I appreciate Kathy does a great job as a chapter vice president because there's an awful lot of detail work that needs to be done. She's always on top of it and does a great job and is a very good sounding board uh, for myself and the executive board. So I appreciate her efforts immensely. Um, The other thing I do want to mention is 
you know, in the, you know, state of unrest, quote unquote, that we've been in, uh, whether it be due to peaceful protests, be it, you know, COVID, anything of that nature, we just need to be safe, you know, do the right things, you know, protect the right people, make sure that we're just being good to each other and ourselves and, and doing the right things. And I think that's something that's very important that we always need to keep in mind, but especially in these times. Well, uh, yeah, I want to thank you for that, Duncan. And Kathy, thank you so much for agreeing to be with us today. I, it was really great to have uh, have you here and get your perspective on things. Good luck uh, to you as, as you continue to work out of your home. Uh, not sure how long, but uh, hope that continues to work out for you as, as things move along. Thanks, Larry. I really appreciate it. And Duncan Giles, we will be back next week. We have another guest lined up. We're not going to tip our hand unless you want to say who it's going to be. Only thing I can say is if it works out, it, it's going to be it's going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, Duncan Giles, you just heard him. He's the chapter president for Chapter Forty Nine for the National Treasury Employees Union (NTEU). We represent most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. And we, uh, we've been listening also to Kathy Corbin, Vice President of NTEU Chapter 49. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>